Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums brought to you by Cream City Central. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> All right, retry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was me trying to put too much energy into it. Oh, Lordy. All Take right. two. <laughs> Hello, everybody. No, and welcome. Take, take three. Man, you're going to make me do this 500 times. This is a whole episode. Just me trying to get the intro right. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums, brought to you by Cream City Central. I'm your host, Olivia, and with me, I got Ryan. How's it going, dude? Recently, I've been restarting my Brewer Bobblehead collection. And it's, wow. Yeah, that's pretty much the most exciting thing in my life right now. <laughs> I just added some legit bobbleheads to my collection though who you got recently i just picked up randy wolf (laughs) the reason why i wanted it is because when randy wolf was on the brewers every time i went to a brewer game i think i saw him pitch i think i saw him pitch in six games wow riveting story i picked up kyle loach wow another sick bobblehead Corey Hart. Ayo. Yeah, he's pretty. I mean, hey, I think he was a one time one time all star. Corey Hart. Something like that. I know he was in an all star game as a brewer. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember if it was one or two. Uh, I picked up Prince Fielder, obviously. That's a go to. And my favorite one I picked up is Lyle Overpay. Oh, good lord. Did you know, so Jonathan Lucroy is tied for the Brewer single season record in doubles with Lyle Overbay. Riveting. Lyle Overbay actually has more career doubles than Mickey Mantle. Really? Yeah. He's a, a double machine. Wow. I feel like every time I just ask you what's going on in the beginning of every episode, we just get great insight on your life. Whether yeah. it's golfing, your bobbleheads, like, I mean, you really, you take this over as your vlog and you update your life, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, but bobbleheads is the most exciting thing going on right now. Well, we should get right into the episode because there's some interesting stuff to discuss. So, um, I guess the big question that everybody's posing at this point is, is baseball going to come back? And if it does, when is it? So the MLB officially put in the proposal with the scaled pay where I'm sure everybody has at least seen something about it where the higher paid guys would lose the most money and your lower paid guys would get paid more to their full guaranteed salary. And this whole thing confused me because when we talked about the 50-50 revenue split, the MLB never really put that in in an official proposal. And so then, like, literally the next day, they put in this proposal. So everybody's confused. I see where they're coming from, but also, like, I just, it'll never work. I don't know. Yeah, before, I think last week we talked about this, I was pretty big on, you know, just suck it up, take the pay cuts for one season and play. But now the numbers are coming out. These owners are billionaires like they have so much money and they're asking the players to take a pay cut 
And I feel like the funniest thing was like, did you see the Mike Trout numbers of what he would actually get in this scaled play? No, I didn't. So he was slated for either 35 million or 37 million, something like that. And one thing to mention to you is that this would be based off of the prorated salary as well. So this would be about 50% and then a percentage of the 50%, if that makes any sense. So when it came down to it, he was going to, he was slated to make this year, if this plan would go through about five point something million out of his 35 million. Oh my, so why would you agree to do that? And that's the thing. But I, I mean, obviously this was very slated towards your lower uh, uh, paid guys. And one thing that I thought was interesting is the MLB, I feel like I, you know, I listened to a lot on it and it seems like, you know, when they originally put all this stuff in, they try to make, they try to make it a players versus the public where the public sees these guys as greedy, you know, selfish, self-absorbed athletes who just need every single cent that they're owed. And then now when they came out with this, all these, for good reason, all these higher paid guys are coming out and saying, this is stupid, this is ridiculous. So it almost seems like they're trying to now pin your lower paid guys against the higher paid guys and created a split union, which they could easily take advantage of. I don't know. The whole thing's a disaster. Well, Mike Trout going from 35 or 37 to 5 million. I just looked at the Angels owner, Arturo Moreno is his name. His net worth is $3.5 billion. Like, yeah. to ask Mike Trout to, t- you know, to shave off $30 million of his salary while the owner still reaps benefits of, I don't know, monetizing the team, it's just insane to me. And another thing, too, speaking of the owners. So I was looking at this, theoretically, and I'm thinking, okay, this obviously helps out the owners. That's why they would propose it. But then I'm thinking, this doesn't even impact the Brewers that much. We have, we have a team with some of – we have a team that's pretty much filled with guys under club control who would get paid the most in this scale. They would get a higher percentage of their agreed salary. And so the teams that this benefits are the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Cubs who have extremely high payrolls who overpay for so many players. So this doesn't even benefit the Brewers, which is what the owners should be scared about in keeping these guys in business. And it just, it, oh, it, 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 it's a mess. That's all I can say. Yeah, it honestly, if you asked me two weeks ago or even a week ago, my ideas on if a season is going to happen this year, I probably would have said yes. But now because of all this money stuff coming out between the owners and the players, I'm leaning towards no. I think it's just going to be a some sort of lockout type thing. Yeah, and I believe – I think we'll get into it later, so I won't talk about it now. But as of Sunday, the MLBPA delivered their proposal, so their rebuttal to this whole proposal um, to the league. And this – the first point that I'll talk about actually shocked me the most is that they want 114 games, obviously, because if they went with prorated salary, that would make them more money. And so that would mean the season would run through June, June, June 30th through October 31st. So that would be the whole regular season. <laughs> <Jern. laughs> it's early, okay. 
<laughs> but anyway, don't say you're gonna and don't say you're gonna cut that out because we all know you won't. Yeah, I definitely don't. <laughs> but anyway, so it would run through June. And these June thirtieth. June thirtieth through what November? Octo- October thirty first, and then we would have the playoffs. You're asking a lot out of these guys to come back from. Yeah, well, but this is the players' union, so they're so they were the one who put this together. So they're asking themselves to do that, which. Oh, I see. I mean, I don't care. I'll watch 114 games. I'm not going to complain about it. Um, and moving on, it would be two years of expanded playoffs. So I don't. I think that's just them wanting more playoffs. Really, I don't know. Well, playoffs. That, is, I don't know. That's where the big money comes. I mean, everybody. Exactly. The players get benefit or what do they get incentives a lot of times through the playoffs they actually get underpaid during the playoffs but that's another story thought, for a different I thought, time i thought there was like things in salaries that if they made the playoffs and performed you know a certain way in the playoffs they got pay pay increases um it depends but for your average player they actually get extremely underpaid but that's besides the point moving on to the next point there would be a total of a hundred million dollars of total deferred money so i don't know it didn't really say what their economic stance was like how they wanted the players to get paid i'm assuming it would be based off of prorated but i'm not sure that wasn't clear and then another interesting thing that came up was would be an opt-out for all players if they don't want to play so players would have the option to say screw this i'm not playing this year this is stupid and if they didn't play, does that mean they don't get paid? That's the interesting part because from my understanding, players are still getting paid, I think. I'm not sure. That's kind of a gray area where I don't know much about right now. Because but from like, what I've if I put myself in Mike Trout's shoes, would I rather play zero games for zero dollars or 114 games for, you know, half of my salary? Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of players are coming from. And, you know, there was this whole thing, too, where owners, each individual team owner would lose, on average, $640,000 of games. What was it? Games not played or games without fans? It was something like that. Which is obviously, you know, I look at, I look always in terms of the Brewers just because, you know, small market and we don't have that much money to go around compared to the other guys. And it is kind of scary to look at it. And then you think, I think something came out the other day too, where some owners are in favor of just not playing a season and just sucking up the losses because they might even lose more playing. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see because i don't know how they vote on those type of things is it just a majority type thing well how would i don't think all 30 what 30 i don't even know how many teams right now my brain 30 30 there's 30 of them i was gonna say 32 i don't know why that's the nfl and nhl i'm pretty sure no i don't pay attention to hockey either way (laughs) i don't know what was going on there but i don't see all 30 teams agreeing to just not having a season like a team like the Brewers, I don't think can really afford one season of no revenue. Yeah, and it's interesting because I had a whole conversation with my dad, and it's like, 
you know, the MLB, they always say each team is treated equally, but I think that's just a bunch of BS. You can't tell me that the owner of the Yankees has the same amount of say as Mark Antanasio. The MLB has always been slated towards big market teams. It's never, it's never been in favor of small market teams. And so it's really interesting. I would love to learn the dynamic of how much Mark Antanasio has a say in this stuff. I know he's on a couple boards, um, but it's just interesting kind of as a side thing just to learn about the dynamic of the owners. Yeah, you can't tell me that the MLB wants to treat each team different. I think they would actually throw up if there was a World Series between the Brewers and the Oakland A's. Oh, my gosh. It was the I, same thing. What was it? when, when the, I'm, I'm switching sports here, but when the Bucks were – I forget what year it was. It was before my time, way before my time. But how the NBA was genuinely so mad that the Bucks were in the championship. Oh, that they was... did like everything they possibly could. Was yeah. it 87? Oh, I was thinking 2001 where they played. The it was, 76ers. I think it was 2001. Yeah, yeah, they played the 76ers in the conference finals. And whoever won that game was going to go up against the Lakers. But the NBA would definitely rather have Philadelphia versus LA than Milwaukee versus LA. Yeah. And so it always, it always comes down to where the MLB is always going to favor high market teams rather than low market teams because the high market teams bring in the revenue. Yeah. That sucks because the low market teams, I think that's the best fan bases. You know, when those low market teams make it to the world series or even conference, you know, championships. I mean, you saw the Royals in 2015. I mean, those fans are electric. Yeah, and I think that was one thing, you know, everybody rips on, I don't know why everybody rips on Bud Selig, but that was one thing when he was commissioner. He 100% always try to make it an even playing field in a game that will never be an even playing field just because, you know, we don't have salary caps or anything. So it'll always be, you know, the Yankees have an advantage over the Brewers, and that's how it's always going to be, and there's almost a beauty in that. But that was one thing I always appreciate about Bud Selig is how much he tried to even out the playing field and give small market teams a voice. I wonder what the MLB would look like if there were salary caps. Because I'm pretty sure the NFL has a salary cap. Yes, you know, they do. And I know the NHL does, where each team has a certain amount of money to spend. I think it would be really interesting to see what the MLB would look like. I feel like the small market teams would do much better right away. Well, and it's interesting because you look at a team like the Cubs and their their royalty tax is, I believe, like $208 million or something crazy like that, which I believe is higher than our revenue or higher than our salary that we're paying players. I'd have to fact check that. But $208 million in just royalty tax? Y'all, that's nuts. Yeah, it'd be I don't, tough. we don't got that money. It'd be tough to be a Cubs fan. I mean, I think they did it the right way when they won their first World Series. Wow, when did they win it? 20... 2016. Yeah, I think they did it right because they did it with a lot of players that they brought up themselves. But now all those guys are getting older. Some of them haven't really panned out the way they thought they would. They thought they were going <clears> to <throat> Chris have a, Bryant. They thought they were going to have a what? dynasty. Sorry. They thought they were going to have a dynasty on their hands, and now they're stuck with players that they probably shouldn't pay, but they're going to overpay. Oh, they overpay so many players. But, again, that could be a whole other episode of the Cubs' flat-out stupidity. Anyway, one bright spot that I saw, and this is, this is just based off of me being a complete stalker. <laughs> this is 
This is just me being a creepy fan. But <laughs> creepy fan. I swear, I swear I have no life. Like right, this is what it. I do. So Luis Urias, from my understanding, when the season got postponed, he went back to his home in Mexico just because obviously, you know, I'm sure he was renting a place in Arizona. He's got visa stuff to worry about, all this different stuff. So he just was like, screw it, I'm going back to Mexico. And as of, like, Friday, he was back in Scottsdale, Arizona, ladies and gentlemen. And for someone like me who is looking for any glimmer of hope for the baseball season to come back, that makes me think that these owners and the union is starting to say to some of these players, like, get back into the States if you're not, because we're going to have a season. So that gave me some hope. Also, it just proves how creepy I am. But yeah, you know, to, to know their where, own. Yeah, to know where he is at all times, that's that's alarming. Okay, he did it to himself. He puts <laughs> he, did he it puts to the he puts the location in his Instagram story, okay? That's what all stalkers say. They did it to themselves. They were just too easy. <laughs> they were too easy to find. I'm sorry, but he posted something on his Instagram story and he had the little Scottsdale tag, and I was like, is somebody back? And yes, he is. No, but I definitely think there's more to that. I, I definitely agree with you saying that. I think some of these owners or coaches, whatever, are telling some of these guys to come back and start getting ready. And there might be something coming soon. Especially for guys who are out of the States, you know, with visas and all that stuff that I don't understand. You know, making sure that they can get back into the States rather yeah, than I think a lot of those starting players- a season. <laughs> I think a lot of those players technically have work visas. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That's beyond me. But no idea. Yeah. No. Hey, if you're just... playing baseball in America and you're making these teams and you know whoever so much money, you could probably be allowed to just come and go as you please. Okay, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, at this point, when it comes to topics for this podcast, we're just trying to get through in hopes that within the coming weeks, we'll have something, a podcast episode that comes out saying we have baseball. But as for right now, we're going to give out way too early baseball awards for the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know what? Why the hell not? We got nothing better to talk about. Well, it's predictions. I mean, we can always look back and just see who was right, who was wrong. I think I'm going to be right. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people listening probably think Olivia's the one with all the brains here, but I, I got I got feel. That's what I got. <laughs> You're the I got a feeling guy. Yeah, I don't understand the money stuff. I barely know how many teams are in the league, but Clearly. I got a feeling. Well, I think there's 32. No, I didn't say I think there's 32. It just 33. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what they always say. All right, so the first award, let's talk about it. Who's winning the Cy Young Award this year for the Brewers? Uh, Yeah, let's just preface this by this is just on the Brewers team, not in the whole league. Just clarify if that wasn't clear before. Whole league. No, whole league. All the awards are going to the Brewers this year. Ryan's got a feeling. That'd be sick. That would never happen. All right, Cy Young. 
I don't know if you want me to go first or if you want to go first. But yeah, I asked you, and then you so rudely interrupted. Oh, sorry. I was putting out a disclaimer. Fine, I'll go. I have Brandon Woodruff. I think, you know, what he put together last year and just in years past, I think he he really has the potential to be our quote-unquote ace of our rotation for coming years. And I really have a lot of faith in him and his stuff and his instincts for the game. So I think he has the potential to be our Cy Young this year. Yeah, I definitely think he has the potential. It just worries me. You know, he, what was it? He started off just extremely hot. And he ended up having like a little bit of a rough patch. I think it was before the All-Star break or a little bit after. Oh, no, a Major League Baseball player went into a slump? How could we ever imagine something like that? But what I'm saying is he didn't. <laughs> he, he was incredible last season, but he's 26, you know, or he's 27 now. He's, he's not even year. in his prime. No, Give him a in, break. 26 is your prime. That's, that's No, for prime. a pitcher, for a pitcher, it's 29. The only thing that it worries me with Woodruff is injuries. I think he's a great pitcher when healthy, but, you know, the injury last year, he's never pitched in more than, you know, last year was the most he ever pitched in a season uh, in 22 games. And it just, you know, it just the sustained prolonged success is kind of the things that worry me. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Ryan doesn't like Brandon Woodruff moving on. No, I love, I love Brandon Woodruff. I think he's good, but... I think there is one pitcher on the team who would probably have a better season. And that's my son, Cy Young pick, and that's Josh Hader. I thought you were going to say, that's my son. And I was <laughs> very perplexed. Yikes. But no, my pick, uh, Josh Hader, I think he's proved it. I don't see him falling off at all. I see him having a similar season to last year and the year before that. Two time All Star, two time. Hoffman reliever of the year I mean this guy's a stud probably the best reliever in the NL um I know a lot of people thought he had a slump last year but I mean the guy still had a 2.62 ERA yeah and going off of your point I think it'll be interesting to see how he does bounce back because I think you know his arsenal is very much fastball and then throwing in a slider every now and then and I think we saw pitchers or excuse me, hitters kind of get used to it and were able to adapt. You saw that in the amount of foul balls that were being hit off of them. Uh, they skyrocketed, especially towards the end of last year. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back and how he'll maybe change some things around a little bit um, just to make him a little bit more unpredictable. Uh, what kind of confuses me is I don't know if he was even any worse than he was in 2018. You know, a lot of people said he he struggled or hitters caught on to him, but he still had a career high for strikeouts through nine. He had a career best in walks per nine. He had a career best in whip. I mean, he still was a tremendous pitcher. And I, and I couldn't agree more, but I think the one thing that made me realize that hitters might be catching on to him was the foul ball rate. Um, it did, uh, from my memory, it did go up a lot higher, and even you saw it in games, a lot of pitches that players would have been whiffing at in 2018. Um, some guys are fouling off last year. And so I think 
you know, they're, I mean, obviously these are major league hitters. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to figure it out. Um, but I'm just excited to see what he'll be able to do to kind of veto that and make himself um, even more better. Is that correct grammar? No, that even was more better. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. The foul ball rate, I think he got to a point where, yeah, maybe hitters were starting to see the fastball better. But, I mean, just like they're major league hitters, he's a major league pitcher. I exactly. think all he literally has to do – it doesn't even have to be strikes, but just throw the off speed every once in a while, just a little bit His more. Slider is incredible. Yeah, when he can throw that thing for a strike, it, unhittable. But I, you know, we'll just wait it blows and see. Me away. But I still think I have my faith in Josh Hader is still through the roof. Uh, I think this is the last season that he'll be on the team, unfortunately. No. What doesn't he doesn't he get paid next year? No, he's. So this is going into arbitration. He's a super two. So um, when he had his arbitration case this year, he was able to, uh, what is it called? Negotiate his contract, not only among players in arbitration, but also players around the league. It's just how arbitration works. So I believe he still has two more years under club control. Maybe? All right. We'll go Something with that. Something like that. Yeah, we'll go with that. But I'm assuming we might see a contract come through next offseason. That's just my thoughts. But MVP. Who's your MVP this year? I, I, I feel bad for saying it just because I feel like we're not giving anybody else a chance. But it's hard not to say Christian Yelich. I mean, he, he could very well be the MVP of the entire league. So it makes sense that he'd be the MVP of the team. It's just hard to argue with. I mean, the dude's incredible. The last two seasons have been historic. There's, I mean, there's really not much to say because it, it's very self-explanatory. If, because my pick is Christian Yelich as well. If it's not Yelich, who is it? Because that, I mean, we can say how great Yelich is every single podcast, but I don't really want to do that. If it's not Yelich, who is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably go with Keston. Yeah, I, that, ooh, that's a fair Sorry, everything just moved on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but I would probably go with Keston. I think he still has so much potential. I mean, that guy's got potential to hit 40 home runs a season. I mean, not per season, but he has a chance to hit 40 home runs in a season. And I, I maybe a pitcher, maybe Josh Hader type of guy, where if he just, you know, bounces back per se and starts just, 40 saves and under two ERA, he could very well be in that conversation too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a self-explanatory topic where it's like, yeah, Christian Yelich is everybody's pick, I think. So mm-hmm. we can move on. I feel like that was just a gimme. Um, Man- manager of the, year? of the year. Now this is Craig Council. <laughs> okay. I got that one too. <laughs> <laughs> we really only have okay also a little mini rant here how craig council has not won manager of the year the last two years absolutely blows my mind and i think is just about the dumbest thing next to christian yelich not winning mvp okay thank you for coming to my ted talk rookie of the year <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing though like we don't have any I don't think this, but I put a question on here. Would Keston still be considered a rookie? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I think there's because like I think you reached. I think there's a certain amount of, yeah plate appearances or something that you have yeah. to have. I don't know the actual number. The only rookie I, I it, could the only rookie I could think of off the top. Of my he's head, not a rookie. Luis Urias. <laughs> he's not a rookie, dude. Did he reach the same amount last year too? He reached a combined because I think he came up in when was his debut? I think it was in 2018. It might have been in 2018 oh. or 2019. I don't know. He's. I think I want to say the plate appearances is like three fifty, but that's prospect. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's prospect status. I don't know. I. I mean, <laughs> like, here's the thing: we don't have like from a position player perspective, we don't have that many guys who are on the cusp of breaking into major leagues. Obviously, the big one last year was Keston Hira. Um. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I just died. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I was like, something came upon me for that. Are you kidding me right now? Some old man took over you. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Oh no. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was horrible. Oh good lord. I'm actually crying. Oh no. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. We're done with rookie of the year. I don't even know where I was. Oh lord. <laughs> Our last, <laughs> our last topic, while we let Olivia get out whatever she has to get out over there. Get out the demon that just came in me. <laughs> Is the breakout player of the year. I put Eric Lauer. I think that trade will go down as one of the more lopsided trades that the Brewers could have had happen. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you say yeah. No, I a player from the same trade, uh, Luis Urias. <laughs> I'm literally crying. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's hone it in. Take a deep breath. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's your deep breath. <laughs> Oh. oh, good lord. This is just a mess. Okay. Quarantine podcast. <laughs> At its finest. Um, okay. Um, I put down Luis Urias, um, as I said 20 seconds ago. Um, you know, we talked about it on the last podcast. I'm super high on him. I'm really excited about him. And I think he has the potential to make a really big jump this year. I think he's slated for that. So I, I honestly uh, went back and forth between him and Lauer as well. I think the both of them have potential to be better than a lot of people think they will be. Yeah, because when I first looked at the trade, I thought Lauer was, you know, we kind of basically swapped Zach Davies for Eric Lauer. And I was just kind of like, eh, we might have just got a worse Zach Davies, but he's left-handed. 
But when you look at the actual numbers, and he's still very young, Lauer still can be good, and he has a nasty cutter. And that pitch, I think, can really, you know, get him to number two in the rotation status. Yeah, his arsenal is really good. I I did a deep dive into him a couple weeks ago, and I'm really impressed with what he has as such a young pitcher. I think he will be really good, so I'm excited about him. Moving on. <laughs> this is so backwards. I okay. thought you, I didn't know I was the I thought you were the segue. I didn't have a good one. My mind's a little it's a little bit in a in a tizzy, if you I mean, will. It's it's eleven thirty five in the morning on June first. It's too early for it's me. It's too early for Olivia. I woke up an hour and a half ago. Let's not I'm just gonna say it. Yikes. It's summer break. I'm screwing it. Okay. So just some <laughs> just some rapid fire questions um, to kind of finish off the episode, just about uh, predictions of baseball coming back and some over-unders just for the hell of it, because why not? So the first one is, uh, do you see baseball the season starting after July 4th? Yes. Do you think it's going to start before? I think, well, from everything that I've heard, July 4th is kind of the date that everybody kind of expects it to start or at least be started. The only reason that I, the only way I could see it starting after July 4th would be um, if they do come across a deal and it's just like within that week. But other than that, I don't think it'll go past like July 7th, the start of it. I think there will be a season. Didn't the NBA just do, didn't they say July 31st or something? Yeah, that's, That's yeah, why can't we come back? They came back so smoothly. I don't know. I think that's what the, you know, I think that's what the uh, MLB is going to do. That late? I do. I think so. I don't think this MLBPA and owners, I don't think that's going to get done anytime soon. Oh, well, it's got to get done pretty damn soon because otherwise we're going to be looking like idiots because the NBA and NHL are coming back and we're not. Yeah. And it's our we can't season. get our crap together. Anywho, moving on. When will we know if we have a season or not? The over-under is set at Wednesday, this Wednesday, so the 10th, no, the 3rd, at 11.59 p.m. I say after. Yeah, I say over too. But I think we will know this week. I feel pretty confident in that, yeah. They have to figure it out. That'll give us actual things to talk about. Yay! <laughs> not and just, not just the demons that came over me a couple you know, minutes ago. Hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hypotheticals here. We just call ourselves a hypothetical show. No, I agree, over, but I will think it'll be this week or early in the next week. Firm believer in that. And the last one, when will fans be able to sit in the stadium over under set at August 31st at 11.59 p.m.? <sighs> I don't see any fans this season. Yeah, I would agree. The only, I would say over and the only place that I do see fans is if our country as a whole is healed. And I think it really depends on the NFL as well, um, what Mm -hmm. they're going to do and how fans are going to be treated there. But I do think if there is a chance, it will be for the playoffs. I saw something where I don't know what league it was, but they're thinking about doing stadiums at 25% capacity. I just think that's stupid. 
Like, if you're going to do 25, might as well just do the whole thing, huh? Yeah, I just... Or don't just, do any of it. Yeah. I think, I think though, the decision will be made. Um, I think the NBA have pretty much scratched having people in the seat just because they're indoors. Um, but I do believe it will depend on what the NFL does. I know at this point they're planning on having people in the seats. Um, but obviously a lot can change. But I think... If there is a chance of us being able to go to a game at Miller Park, it will be for the playoffs. I would go. Would you? Yeah. I feel like that'd be an electric atmosphere. Hell, I had freaking tickets for opening day, and I'm still waiting to go to Miller Park. Do you get a refund on those? Um, no, we get um, – so whatever. Oh. I, it'll be interesting to see how they play with the playoffs, but what we were told is we get – first dibs on the first game back in Miller Park. So oh, I don't know if that includes cool. playoffs. I don't know if that includes playoffs or not, but yeah, World that's what series. we were told. <laughs> first game back. You get oh, man. The World series. I wouldn't complain. No, definitely not. Although I still wanted to go to opening day, but that's besides the point. All right. I don't even, remember, we... I don't even remember what opening day was supposed to be. Uh, March 26th? 27th? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been enough. It's been long enough. <laughs> we started have, this podcast beginning of March thinking we were about to have a season. Thinking we're gonna, and now we're pulling stuff together just to put everything. Yeah. Talking we're doing a about, good job. Talking about Lyle Overbay and his doubles record. <laughs> talking about my stalkerness. It's really high quality content we have going on over here. Great the, stuff. The highest. Yeah, just the best. <laughs> That's all we got today. I hope it was entertaining. I think it was entertaining. Uh, entertaining to me. Yeah, I had a good time <laughs> for it being so early in the morning. Yep, almost noon. <laughs> yep, I'm fully not awake yet. But anyway, um, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'd like to think, I know I say this at the end of every episode, but I like to think we're somewhat entertaining, at least on Twitter. We, I think we have a couple good tweets every now and then. So go check us out over there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, comment, rate it, do the, all the things you can do. I don't even know what you can do. And Ryan, any last words for you? Stay safe. Wow. Insightful knowledge there. All right. I guess that's it. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. See you next week.